audio quality for this episode is a little dodgy. Our apologies. We'll fix it for the next one. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. I'm Melina. And I'm Aditi. Welcome to an episode of... Yakin' About Bojack. Yes, welcome. Melina, what did you think about this episode? Season 4, Episode 5, Thoughts and Prayers. Thoughts and Prayers. Thoughts and Prayers. Thoughts and Prayers. Of course, going out to everybody. <sighs> I feel like Hollywood. You know, I'm saying Hollywood, not Hollywood, but I feel like Hollywood has a way of ruining thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Everything felt ruined. I, I, we're talking about thoughts and prayers specifically. Definitely in a real world, people like to think they say things like keyboard warriors and all that. Yes, but action. Yeah, exactly. I think that's been a reoccurring theme through this whole series. Words really meaning nothing unless there's action. And that was an example of this episode, right? It's like PR has kind of ruined everything because now we've, we made it a way for us to say things without actually meaning things. And that has been messy. Well, people are trying to do things. Trying, I guess. We are trying. So maybe we should explain a little bit about what's happening before we jump into things discussing what we're talking about when we say thoughts and prayers. Sound good? Yeah. Okay. So this episode, Bojack and Hollyhock visit Beatrice Horseman, Bojack's mom, after 10 years. Or Bojack after 10 years. (laughs) Hollyhock's never met her before. Her dementia has progressed significantly, and now she only recognizes Bojack from recordings of Horsin' Around. Hollyhock and Bojack try to jog her memory and help her remember her son. Meanwhile, mass shootings cause friction with Princess Carolyn's latest client's movie release, and Diane and Mr. Peanut Butter end up publicly debating once more on this issue. What did you think about their public discourse again, Melina? It did lead to more fracking, if I recall. That's so much angry fracking. If you put me a show, like... <laughs> No, but it definitely looks like they get a kick out of it. It could be a kink. We don't kink shame here. I'm, I'm not... No kink shaming. Just they need to chill and figure their stuff out. No, for sure. And I think that it's interesting. The things they are disagreeing with are pretty fundamental values. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean... I don't, yeah... Yeah, and I mean, I guess technically, like the fracking, thing they didn't really discuss before, but the gun violence, it, it did sound like it was something that they previously had agreed was yeah. something that they were both like, like not okay about owning a gun. Yes, and I definitely think so. Just so listeners are up to date, Mr. Peanut Butter and Diane, actually, when Diane brings a gun home, Mr. Peanut Butter says, I think we agreed that we don't like guns, right? And I was shocked because not only did it look like they had discussed something before, like when they discuss abortion and having children, which I was mm. proud of them for having conversations, but it looked like Mr. Peanut Butter was standing up and having opinions. Mm-hmm. And that is something we haven't seen since he started running for governor. Although I, I feel like it's also because the the people are different. It's kind of, it's like how we mentioned before how it's like, the people we love and care for, we are more, we have more animosity with. While with yeah, the more like people, we're more like, we're more like, less call them out. Yeah. yeah. We have less expectations. It's also true because when Mr. calling out Diane, he also mentions what his political stance is as well. And I believe that was a bit more like he supports the Second Amendment and understanding that everyone can own guns, but he doesn't believe that 
they should because they agreed they were not going to be a gun owning household. Yeah, they also already had their own issues with each other, like him and Diane. So this is just like compounding. Like maybe his reaction wouldn't have been so out of a proportion if it weren't for everything else that was just brewing underneath. Yeah. No, that's also true. This is just another straw on that camel. But the camel's back has not broken Melina. Yes. I'm not going to let it count if you just say their relationship at some point ends and you're going to be like, yeah, I was right. No, you got to get it right. And so far, you've been wrong. For now. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see. Um, speaking of their relationship and owning a gun, this episode, Diane got the state of California to ban gun ownership. Mm-hmm. Because they would rather ban guns than have mm-hmm. women own guns. Mm-hmm. What did you think about that? I mean, depending on how you look at it, it's like, as Princess Kano says, she did a, an amazing feat by getting them to ban guns, something they tried for a long time. Exactly, yeah. Princess Kano's like, wow, I'm impressed. We actually passed this legislation. And honestly, I was kind of surprised that Diane was able to write an article at all. So really the whole the whole scene where they come out of the restaurant and Diane is essentially almost attacked or assaulted. Not almost, but essentially he's harassing her and it, it escalates very quickly, right? He's like, oh, I'm going to make you do something. And I was like, wow, is she going to be like assaulted, like sexually assaulted on the show? Yeah. And Courtney Portnoy saves her by holding a gun. And I thought that arc was really interesting because here's this, this arc about empowerment of women and Diane had something that was kind of traumatic as experience. And this was the only thing that her and Courtney kind of had in common. Mm -hmm. I was like, how is Diane supposed to write a pro-Courtney Portnoy sort of piece if she feels like she has nothing in common with her? To be fair, I'd also find it different to be uh, find something in common with Courtney. Yeah, for sure. She has trouser maidens to help her make (laughs) no wrinkles on her pants. Melina, if I get trouser maidens, uh, I will still try to be relatable, but I feel like I'll be too cool. I, I think I'd rather have a personal chef first before I get some trouser maidens. Oh my gosh, you're right. In rank of like fancy rich people things you would want, personal chef is pretty high. Though I do feel like my partners are pretty good cooks. So um, he doesn't know yet that I've signed him up to be my personal chef. <laughs> nice. Yeah, personal chef is pretty good. I think a masseuse would be nice too. Mm-hmm. We need to pop back. Where were we in this conversation? Yes. The only thing Diana and Court and I have in common is unfortunately that women are in danger, which we talked about before, and, and the rate of sexual assault and, and harassment mm-hmm. by women, that women face is much higher. And so it was hilarious because it was talking about a real issue. And I love this about Bojack. It was a little on the nose, but hilarious mm-hmm. that they needed sometimes like three guns to feel safe going places. <laughs> Just as safe yeah. as a man. Three guns. Yes, they were like getting ready for a war over there. Getting ready for war, going into the trench. It was a little sad, but kind of kind of unfortunate. What did you think about the thoughts and prayers aspect, which we discussed in the beginning, now that everyone has a little bit of hindsight into thoughts and prayers? Every time a mass shooting happens, that's what you got to say. That is what everybody says. Does it mean anything, though? Do you think any character who said it this episode actually meant it? Well, I, I think that regardless of whether or not they meant it, it's like, it doesn't actually help. It's like... Similar with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And then so with like how everyone's like, let's applaud the healthcare workers and they're all like having cheers and 
and the claws or them, and it's like they're still they're still burning out over there and dying possibly yep. and like many other things. It doesn't matter how much you say, yep. like you're burned you, out. You support them, like yeah. If you really care about them, do something for them. Like don't just go outside on your balcony and just clap for them, like bro. And plus, that stopped. That fizzled out. I don't think there's any places that are still doing it. But healthcare workers still show up, and they're still fielding COVID cases, right? Mm-hmm. And now there is, after years, like, we, I think that lasted only a few months. But mm-hmm. the, the high pressure and the high cases has gone through multiple waves. And so there's been a shortage of staff as well as burnout. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how are we fixing this problem? How are we actually showing them that we are continuing to support them because they we're expecting them to continue to show up. Yeah. Right? Like, like if the, I like what said earlier, if it's like actions accompanied with the words, great. But similar with like they were saying in show, like, like even Princess Cardinal was saying like, Oh, we're just capitalizing off people's fears of guns yeah. and such. Like they were yeah. just going to use it for their own benefit. They weren't really going to be like doing anything with it. Yeah, and that brings up two interesting points, which is like one about you need action. And in this case, Diane, by creating that article, creating, unfortunately, some more mass shootings, but she did push some legislation. So it actually ended up being action, even if it wasn't actually what she wanted. Um, However, the other part about it is, is it ethical to profit off this, right? So this is what you mentioned. So there was action behind what Diane did. But Princess Carolyn was hoping to really ride those coattails and profit with this movie. And she's not the worst, right? Turtle Tub was literally walking in the beginning opening scene between what looked like a, a ton of movies that had benefited from this. There was one that was supposed to be like American Sniper, but with a little canine dog and all about how they're benefiting from gun violence as something they can capitalize on and sell as movies. Not to mention... Turtle Top says this about how, oh, not Turtle Top. Turtle Top's assistant talks about how, you know, maybe the reason it's so prevalent in their media is how they, you know, America has individualistic culture and has mm-hmm. kind of, you know, was started by a violent and birthed by a violent uprising mm-hmm. as like why it's so prevalent. I think that's part of it, but I do think the profiting off of it. It made it worse, but Princess Carolyn made it seem like it wasn't a bad thing. I don't know how I feel about that. What do you feel? I feel like I feel like there needs to be if like even if one I don't know it sounds kind of horrible to say, but like even if one company it's like saying like, oh, I'll turn off my light bulb to help save energy, but it's like we need act like the larger planners to make change. Yeah. So even if, say, Princess Karen and Turtle Todd's company decide to not go ahead with their movie, which it didn't seem like a big one, but I'm not sure. Yeah, they but actually like, kept not going ahead with the movie, I believe. Mm-hmm. But, like, in the end, they did it because, like, guns were banned. So it's like, well, you <laughs> can't really yeah. uh, show a movie like that. It's an H&M commercial at this point. Yeah, but even say if say it wasn't like if it wasn't banned and they decided to hold like pull it back, the profit is just gonna go elsewhere to like the other companies who are pushing it. So it's like for them, it's kind of like whether or not they showed it or not, it didn't matter because it was still gonna be a thing, and and they chose to well would have gone ahead with it if it wasn't for legislation. 
It's like hand sanitizer. It's like how everyone was producing hand sanitizer during the pandemic, even though it was like, I guess it technically hand sanitizer is helpful, technically. Some of them was questionable, but anyways. But like they were still making it for profit. Like they don't, I don't think most people were making it because it was like for the good of the people out there. Well, no, and they had to run businesses and like pay the people and the employees. Mm-hmm. So I understand that. I think what frustra- frustrates me is, as you're mentioning, like one company can't really change it. Uh, and you're talking about the light bulb situation. I think there's a difference between a company's impact and an individual's impact. And this comes up a lot with uh, climate change discussion where people talk about my individual impact doesn't matter as much as like industries. And it's mm-hmm. true, um, 100% true. Sorry. However, it is a little bit more nuanced because there are a lot of people in the world, right? Mm-hmm. And so like it, it comes down to even that that idea you have when you vote, like my vote doesn't really count. But when you think about it, a cumulative effect, right? If one person does it and you share that impact and you influence, you know, even in your adjacent network of five people, right? It becomes like exponential. Mm-hmm. Every person talks about it, talks to their, uh, you know, their immediate network and influences that network and influences that network like you know a virus it will slowly grow and yes it's not as impactful as if a whole industry or whole company changes however that change can domino and become significant and there are changes that happen all the time like progressive movements happen this way just naturally over time but we also see things like i think the rise in like veganism over Mm -hmm. time become much more adoptive i think that Mm -hmm. some part of that is individual talking sharing learning the other part of that is people doing evangelizing like trying to advocate it to increase the number of people who are talking about it and bringing in companies so there has to be one company that wants to set a trend and as Mm -hmm. you mentioned if one company does it doesn't really mean anything but it does make a statement and an impact and it impacts all the people who work in that company all the people who make money from that company it actually impacts more people than if one individual does and you have to lose business, which is why it's very hard to convince companies to do this, which is why typically government incentives help you, but also showing that differentiation, like showing that you stand apart from the rest and are making a statement can help a company's clout and then push similar to people can push an industry in a certain direction. Yeah, I can see that. Although like in, although yeah. in the case of Princess Sheridan and Teratons, um, company i don't think they were gonna go to it like they were they were out there for profit like there wasn't an ethical like moral like we should be portraying they just wanted a money grab yeah Yeah. and i think that was why i was like i think in general i feel like i'm leaning towards if you profit off someone's fear it's still wrong but I can see exceptions like horror movies. People love horror movies. <laughs> and if you look at horror movies and even like fantasy action movies, the villain in those movies is often what people in the zeitgeist are afraid of, right? Like this comes up even when you think about superhero movies nowadays, their villain often is inspired by fears people actually have. Like in Iron Man 1, the Mandalorian and all those villains that he had were related mm-hmm. to actual wars that the US was in at the time, right? Which related mm-hmm what people are actually worried about or how Spider-Man's the current rendition of Spider-Man is a genetically modified spider. I believe I could be wrong, but Mm. it's like what type of science or technology scares people. And that's what we use. And where do I draw the line with these stories are profiting off our fears, right? (laughs) Like, I don't think of those as bad. I like those as entertainment, but they are taking advantage of things that people are scared of. 
Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's. It's. I think with media, with any kind of stories in general, it's just like we we. It's hard to tell. Like it's hard to say. Like what's what's true and what's false. Really, like like we hear a million things everywhere. Like the same story could be told in five different ways by five different media outlets. Yeah, and then it, then it comes down to like comes down to like what's actually true, what's false, like what's being emphasized, what's being omitted. It's just a confusing mess. Yeah, it's a it's a confusing mess. Plus, I think the important thing, which some journalist sites do, some don't, and it can be hard to collect, is that every story has multiple perspectives, especially if it involves more than one person. And I think what you want is like journalists with good integrity that share. Um, different sides to the story and also different perspectives, right? Uh, help you keep an open mind to what's happening. And I think this, like people always get really nervous when you say both sides, because it's often that that is a talking point and that phrase is used negatively. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's important to be aware of the messaging everyone has, the story that you're telling people from different perspectives and what that actually means, because it can be hard to find a true truth when it is about people's experiences and individual experiences, Mm -hmm. right? Like in the story of Diane and Courtney Portnoy exiting the restaurant and getting sort of like harassed by this man, Mm -hmm. um, there's a truth that Diane was at risk, right? There was a truth that their safety was at risk. There's also Mm -hmm. a truth that I think Courtney Portnoy took it a bit far when she threatened him with the gun. Mm -hmm. It did save them. Mm-hmm. Right, there's like two kind of sides. Like for him, it was very different, and I definitely think he did something wrong. I do also think Courtney did something a bit wrong. Mm-hmm. No, it should have been sufficient, but they protected themselves. So it becomes sort of this nuanced story. And I think the way we report on things, the way we talk about discussions, we need to have more nuanced conversations. Yeah, it's it's difficult. I, I yeah, I mean in that situation. I don't blame for Courtney trying to defend herself because even if the other party says like, "Oh, they were still being threatening," they were out, they were outrightly threatening the other like the two of them. But like sometimes, like you have to defend it's either you or them, kind of thing. And, and that's yeah. I think that was the point Diane was trying to make, which was like the state of uh, women, like sexism is so bad that women feel so unsafe that guns, which is like a clear overreaction, right? Like you you have to be armed and violent is what is required to make them feel safe, right? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like this thing of like, that was clearly maybe too much. There's an underlying issue. This is a Band-Aid fix, right? Yeah. Uh, I think we should turn our thoughts from this issue to Bojack because he is the star of the show, Melina. Ah, yes. Bojack and his mother. Yes. Beatrice Horseman. So Hollyhock, very excited to meet her. Mm-hmm. And Bojack, despite the fact that his mom called him about his book, has not seen his mom for ten years. I mean, when Bojack's mom did call him, she she did say it was a crappy book. Like she was not praising him for it. Yep. So I don't blame him for not wanting to see her for ten years. Yeah, I definitely think from the flashbacks, I understand Bojack definitely is still holding on to a lot of the hurt that his mom gave him. Mm-hmm. But what did you think about Bojack's improvement? Because he confesses to Hollyhock that he lied two days later, and then 15 minutes later, and then <laughs> eight seconds later. 
What did you think about that? If I was her, I'd be really untrusting of him at that moment. Because even if he did tell her truth, it still means he lied many times. And then at that point, it's kind of like, when do I actually trust you kind of thing? Yeah, I think that's fair. But I also think from from Hollyhock's perspective, you're right. It's completely fair. She Maybe you shouldn't trust him anymore. But from Bojack's perspective, he is trying, I think. And I, I see this as an improvement. I guess. I guess. Also, Hollyhock, I think, really sees through Bojack. Do you feel like that? Yeah, I mean, I think like she hasn't really had to deal with Bojack for a long time. So she's, I, I can see how she's more sympathetic towards him. Plus, it's also like he's still technically like the long lost dad that she's been looking for for a long, long time. So she wants to get to know him, even if it's like, you're kind of trash dad, but you know, still kind of want to get to know you kind of thing. True. I also think that, and this is interesting, is when Bojack was interacting with his mom. Mm. So I read the fact that he wanted to have his mom recognize him Mm. as his cry for help, even though she had hurt him, even though he wanted to yell at her and rip into her, he still wanted his mom to recognize him first. And I read that as he's still hurting and he still wants his mom to recognize him. And I think Hollyhock seemed to understand that because in the end of the episode, when his mother gets invariably kicked out of the, the, the nursing home and is brought home, Hollyhock comes to him with empathy, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that to me, it shows me that Hollyhock sees through Bojack in a lot of ways. She sees through his facade, his anger, his and sees the hurt. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is a sign that Hollyhock's eight dads have done something good. They've made someone who's more emotionally stable than Bojack. Mm-hmm. Good job, Hollyhock's eight dads. Good job. Yeah, she's way more stable. Bojack's so volatile and maybe does take a village to raise a kid. <laughs> Yeah, Hollyhock's been through a lot. I mean, the whole spying and chloroforming people was still questionable, but <laughs> like the way she tried, she gets along with the grandma, the dad, like it's a lot of a lot of patience you have, Hollyhock. Yeah, she has a lot of patience, and I was quite surprised because I know we've talked about how she has some of the horseman traits of being um, maybe not so motivated to get things done, but she sticks. Um, steadfast to helping Bojack with this, setting up the whole acting, though she wasn't a very good actor and didn't follow the lines, but she did help him out. Um, One other aspect about Bojack's improvement, you know, he's confessing to lying. He also did that wonderful speech to Princess Erlen when trying to find out what the nursing home's name was. What did you think about that? I don't know, like the whole apology thing and then being like, my true reason for calling you is this. Like that just, I just felt like that just kind of ruined the apology. Yeah, it was so good. He finally calls her. He tells her, I know I haven't talked to you in a long time. I've been taking this year to reflect on things. I think it's important. I was like, wow, Princess Carolyn's even taken aback. And then he says, the real reason I'm calling is what was the name of the place that I sent my mom? Whispering, Whistling Pines. Nope. Walnut Springs. I feel like that would just, like, 
if it was just the apology itself, that'd be fine. But I feel like with that whole, like, the actual treason, blah, 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 I'm just like, that just made it worse, like, a hundred times worse. Yeah, if he hadn't said the actual reason, it would have actually been better, I think. A lot um, better. Yeah, yeah, I love her. He'd be like, you know, one of the things I'm looking forward to, like, he could have white lied. I don't know about mm-hmm. coming up with long, elaborate lies and become fake people. I don't know if you should do that. But he could have done a small white line and be like, you know, as part of this reconciliation, I also want to reach out to my mom. Uh, do you remember what the name of that of the nursing home we put her in is? And then she'd be like, oh, of course. Yeah. And that would have seemed like he was such a sweet person. Then he could call back and said, I don't know if I hit the right note. I feel kind of bad. But I also, you know, didn't realize. Remember, you could have said almost the same thing and just not say the real reason I'm asking is be like, more mm-hmm. But he did improve in his early tact. You got to give him credit for that. Hard to say. Hard to say. Let us see. It feels like it's rubbing salt on a wound. I know. It was like rubbing salt on a wound. Plus, one of the other scenes that I really thought was interesting, and I want to know your thoughts on this, Melina. Bojack wants his mom to recognize him. And I talked about how, to me, this reads as if he's hurt, but he still wants recognition and approval from his mother. Mm Mm-hmm. But he says something. So the doctor, when he goes to visit, says that, hey, her dementia is really accelerating and she can't remember things. You should come more often. That'll help her. And being around people that are familiar can help her. And Bojack says, if she can't remember, mm-hmm. so he's that means he's not getting credit for coming. So then what's mm-hmm. the point? Mm-hmm. And what okay. do you think the point is? Like, why, what's the point of him coming? Or, like, what's the point of going, doing something, even if you're not going to get credit for it? Uh, the latter. Oh, okay. I mean, it, it's not him, just because he's a separate. Yeah, he's <laughs> his own thing. Bojack has his own reasons, so what are your reasons? What's the point of doing something if you're not getting credit? I mean, sometimes, like, you just want to do something for the heck of it. Like, something you find enjoyment out of it, or you want to, like, achieve something, or you want to, like breakthrough, something difficult, and for surpassing it. Um, or sometimes like you want to do something just because you're being like a healthy person. And there's a lot of reasons people do things for just for the heck of it. I think that's actually really interesting. I didn't think about the first one, which is when you actually really enjoy something, when you're getting from, and, and maybe this is different, like when you're actually getting joy from the journey the act of doing something like for example i like icing cakes and i've always found the process of icing a cake to be super satisfying Delicious. Um, yeah <laughs> no aside from that like i think the downside is i end up eating way too much cake melina not good for me so i've been trying to eat better but it's really comforting to like ice stuff it's very therapeutic and calm and i like that process mm-hmm. um, and i'm trying to find other activities that help me feel that way Uh, But I never thought about it that way. My thought was, and as you mentioned, it's like, oh, you want to do a good thing for someone that helps other people. And I've heard of the term altruism. Altruism is a charitable act uh, that you do, and it's typically done unselfishly, a devotion to the welfare of others. And often like philanthropy is considered like altruistic, but the really key part of this definition is that unselfish regard. And this is the thing that like keeps me up at night. Does it count as unselfish if I derive joy from helping others? Okay. Okay. 
Eh, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Like, some people are very helpful people, and if we're gonna stop them from helping people because they they get joy out of it, then that's kind of like, well, that just kind of ruins their lives. First of all. <laughs> I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying if I derive joy from helping others, then it's selfish, right? I feel like it's it's like, I think I feel like we'll never know a person's motivations because we'll never know a person's like, what their what their mind is regardless of what they tell us we will never actually know whether or not they're being selfish or actually yeah. doing it just for another person yeah. or like if they think they are they actually are actually have this like other like motivations underneath the service like to me it doesn't really matter whether what the like even if they say it says i guess there's another uh, here's another way of looking at it like, let's say they're doing something that's completely selfish for them, that they're saying, like, I'm only doing it because it makes me feel good. But it happens to benefit the other side. Like, is that a problem? Like, say you're doing something for self, like you're doing something for someone else, but you're not doing it because you want to help them. You're doing it, you're doing it because you want to make yourself feel good or you want to, or like, it'll make you look, I guess, more prestigious in a community example, or it'll make other people look up to you. But it just happens to benefit the people you're helping out with, like, Yes. Is that a problem then? Well, so like I think the distinction I'm making is I – okay. I don't know whether good or bad is definitely still a good thing to do. So I don't think people should stop. I'm just saying categorizing altruistic behavior, I feel like there's no such thing as true altruistic behavior because it's all selfish because we derive some joy from it. Now, that doesn't make it like something you shouldn't do or something that is – bad and you're I think you the point you're bringing up is we can never know when we consider something altruistic of someone else whether it's truly unselfish because you don't know what they're saying to themselves right and I'm just saying everybody derives joy from it so joy equals it's selfish and this is something that Phoebe and Ross talk about in Friends where she not Phoebe Ross I think it's Phoebe and Joey where they try to say they have to do a truly unselfish act and I think Phoebe tries to get a bee to sting her so that the bee can look macho in front of its friends, except bees die after they sting you. So that was not. But I think the point that you bring up is very interesting as well, which is even if you don't benefit from it, then is it truly like altruistic? Like I, you know, there, there are situations where doctors in war zones will take any casualty, doesn't matter what side, because like they took oaths to preserve life and that is very honorable now we don't know whether they're doing it because it brings them joy to save people's lives or whether they want to get the hero cred right and it almost seems wrong to say that to people but it definitely seems from the outside it gets altruistic and you wouldn't want them to stop because hey they're saving lives and that's important to do this comes down to the good place have you watched the good place mm-hmm. yeah that was a good show it was a really good show highly recommend anyone you should totally watch The Good Place. But there is a thing they talk about in The Good Place about how your intent matters. And about how one of the characters, I don't know, is this a spoiler? Should I? Yeah, spoiler. why not? We, we already put spoiler in there, so well, well I was gonna say we're at a time slot. So in the comments, if you scroll down, we'll tell you what to skip to. But essentially, uh, one of the characters is in the bad place, even though she did a lot of charitable things. And she's like, why? And it was because even though she did all those charitable things, she did them to get back at her sister and to sort of be, they were motivated, but negatively. And I wonder whether that is one ethical 
perspective. And in that ethical perspective, even if you've made a net good, if your intent was wrong, then it still mm-hmm. counts as bad. And here, I guess my statement is, I'm not sure if anything can technically be good. I guess your intent doesn't is different from like whether or not it's selfish. Like you can still be selfish, but your intent is good. My intent is to help people. Helping people makes me feel good, but it's just to help people. Yeah, but I some people also yeah. like just do things out of I feel like out of obligation or duty or like just because it's something they do as part of their character. Yeah. Like like and then in that sense they might not think of themselves as doing something like selfish or unselfish. They're just like this is something I do. Mm-hmm. And that, I think that's also another layer to consider because at that point it's like and people might argue like no 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 they do it because like they're definitely going to get something out of it or whatever. But it's like, if it's just an automatic response at that point, it's like, how can, like, it's just an automatic response at that point. Like, yeah. or sometimes like, say if you're doing it for someone else, it's like, you're really not enjoying it, but you just do it for that kind of thing because like, you care about them or like, whatever. Yeah. Like what? So then that case, like just showing up to see like an ailing parent, is that just altruistic? Um, I guess it's the welfare of others, but you sort of, it's kind of obligation. So it's like, this is the area where I'm confused whether it count, especially because Holy Hawk's rationale, bring it back to Bojack is about, you should do this because, uh, dementia is hereditary. And wouldn't you like it if you weren't alone at this stage in your life? Right. If someone was there with you and that actually hits home because, the way we treat people now and the relationships we have now as they get older, it doesn't mean they owe us anything, but they're sort of the mm-hmm. seeds. We sow. If Bojack isolates himself now, when he's dead, he's not going to have anyone because he just isolated himself. Right. So there's mm-hmm. some, in that. but then again, it becomes that he's doing this act selfishly to get someone to care for him. Right. Or feel guilty. And I guess Holly Hawk's the person he's going to try to persuade because she's younger than him. I mean, I mean, he wasn't, yeah, I mean that that his whole just his whole situation is complicated, and like he's having voices from all over, like all different directions, yeah. telling him what he should and should not do. Yeah. Speaking of voices in all different directions, not sure what's going to happen. Beatrix, Beatrice, Hollyhock, and Bojack, Beatrice, Hollyhock, and Bojack, all now in the same house. Oh, what wow. do you think is going to happen next? Well, Holly Hawk was nice enough to offer Bojack's guest room to her that was not used for who knows how long. Yeah, exactly. But at least it's a nice room. Well, I mean, eventually Beatrice would definitely die. Like, <laughs> she's just going to pass away before the end of the series. Maybe even before the end of the season, honestly. Ah, interesting. Before the end of the season, do you think Beatrice Horseman will die? Okay, interesting. Yeah, she was just getting there. She was getting there. Very unfortunate. As as Princess Carolyn and Tatra Rotas would say, thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, Holly Hawk would definitely try to, try to, you know, get along. She, she seems to actually enjoy spending time with her grandma. Yes. While her grandma is just like, oh, Henrietta, please get me my tea. Who do you think Henrietta is? Oh yeah, she keeps calling her Henrietta. 
Uh, what did she say? I remember she called Henrietta something. Calling Bojack Henrietta, not Holly Hawk. She keeps calling Holly Hawk you. Yeah, but Henrietta, I feel like she gave Henrietta a title earlier when she first called her name. I forgot what it was. Do you remember what it was? Not sure. Not sure. But I did love how she told her, you could be thin too if you just eat, stop eating. <laughs> she was like, wow, rude. Um, <laughs> that's sometimes the problematic things that the older generation says. <laughs> I mean, there are also horses, you know, 2,000 kilograms. Yeah. Plus. Also, <laughs> that is how you start eating disorders. Yay. Yeah. Well, Holly Hawk seems to be pretty, pretty confident herself. Yeah. She's going to be fine. It's those eight dads, I'm telling you. Those eight dads. We need to meet those eight dads one day. Yeah, maybe we will. Do you think we will? I hope we will. I don't <laughs> think we will. But it would be nice too. <laughs> okay, and what is your best guess? I know we circled around this. You were trying to remember. What's your best guess on who Henrietta is? Oh. Oh. Henrietta could be a person. Maybe Henrietta... Well, she doesn't seem happy with Henrietta. I was first going to say a best friend, but then I'm like, she doesn't seem happy with Henrietta at all. So I don't think she'll be a best friend. Ah, I see. Um, hmm, 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 hmm. I don't know. We need more clues. We need more information. Not friend, but someone who spent time with her. Yes. Or is not best friend status. Oh, I see. Not best friend could be a friend. Okay. Yeah. Well, we need more information first. It's hard to say. Okay. Interesting, Melina. We'll see what happens. We'll have to find out, but we'll let you know next week because we're releasing every week. I hope, listeners, you've been enjoying our new release schedule. Remember to like, follow, and subscribe because we'll have to find out next week if Melina's guess about Beatrice dying, uh, Henrietta, and her friendship status with um, Beatrice is true. And of course, if Mr. Peanut Butter and Diane will actually stay together. Yes, we'll see how the dumpster fire goes. <laughs> the dumpster fire of a season. Okay, thank you, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Follow us on our socials. We're Yakin' About Bojack on Instagram and Yakin' About Pod on Reddit. You can listen to us on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Yakin' About Bojack is produced, recorded, and edited by Melina and Aditi. Music is by Podcast Co.'s royalty-free album, Keep Calm and Podcast, the song One Fine Day. All thoughts on this podcast are personal opinions. If you or someone you know is experiencing issues with addiction, substance abuse, or any of the topics mentioned in this episode, please know there is hope and seek professional help.